Welcome to the Next Level Show, where we talk with people behind Next Level ideas, products and technology that are changing the world around us. I'm Lubo Smith, the co-founder and CEO of STRV. And my guest today is Howard Muckler, a founder of many successful businesses and most recently, the founder and CEO of Innovation Refunds. The company who saved over 5,000 US businesses close to $2 billion on tax refunds post the pandemic. Howard and I have been friends for about a decade now and it's been so nice to catch up with him while I was in Miami for Art Basel. We talked about his experience from China, starting multiple successful companies, and most importantly, how companies can stop losing money due to the negligence. So let's dive right in. Howie, so much uh, looking forward to be chatting with you after a long time. Yeah. Here we're just uh, uh, we're uncovering that, you know, our uh, mutual relationship uh, lasts over about 10 years. That's impressive. And I'm so happy to visit you here in Miami in your new place. And Thank you. Uh, catch up on everything that's been happening. Yeah. What you are doing right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hear it all pretty much. So you, you visited me in Los Angeles, Orange County. You've visited me now in Miami. I've visited you in Prague. We, we seem to be... Keeping it going. That's right, and like it's been it's been long journey, uh, but we have uh, managed to uh, yeah get through it all and uh, collaborate together for uh, quite some time, which uh, I'm very appreciative of. But uh, I would like to get an update of what what's been happening in your life. How is the transition from being in California, uh, spending time in China? Uh, a lot of things that uh, happened there and now moving to uh, Miami and uh, also starting a, a brand new business. And it seems like uh, uh, you are on a great run right now. Yes, thank you. Uh, it is true. Yeah, it really is true. Uh, I think the idea of, of, of constantly refreshing, remaking, rejuvenizing, rejuvenating uh, your life is very important. And so I definitely have been on a fun and interesting journey. It took me to China. It was a wonderful experience. I'm grateful I was there. I got to spend about three years and uh, I left right at the beginning of COVID. And I don't think I'll have the opportunity or any of us really will have the opportunity to visit what was somewhat of a almost open China um, back then. Changed yeah. a lot. That that's what I'm curious about. How do you think it evolved over the past five years or so? Because, like from my perspective, I was very intrigued by going to China. You back in the days helped me with getting the the visa yeah. and and so on. So I I I went on uh, multiple occasions, and for me, it seemed like a very intriguing market. But frankly, for myself personally, the perspective changed quite tremendously. And yeah. I, I'm not sure if I will go again anytime soon, frankly. I'm married to a, a, a Chinese wife. And, uh, and, and even she is talking about long-term, um, her family moving to Hong Kong. And so it's, a, it's still a little bit different. China changed a lot. It was, I was able to travel throughout the country really without limitation. I was, I was monitored, but it didn't feel so, but it was obvious that it was so. Um, but now China really has 
changed for the worse, in my opinion. I don't have any interest in, in visiting. I think they are a huge concern as a doing business now that I really understand the way China works. Um, the whole system is set up to essentially destroy and beat all foreign, all foreign brands, foreign competition. So, you know, you can succeed for a period, but it's just a matter of time before you're dismantled. Yeah, that, and that that's exactly how I see it, because to me, it seemed fairly open back in the days. And of course, mm. like it's a land of like a lot of people, huge opportunities. We have seen big uh, successes of international companies doing something in China. But I think those times changed quite a bit. Yeah. And then there's also been a lot of stories about ultimate uh, failures and things that turned sour and didn't end the uh, didn't end well. So yeah, but but that being said, I'm really grateful that I was able to spend time there. Um, I, I really love Chinese people. I love Chinese culture. I love Chinese food. I <laughs> love my Chinese wife. <laughs> of so, course. Um, and and I'm, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity while while it was uh, a different um, climate politically and, and such. But anyway, that was wonderful. And then, um, you know, Orange County, which is where I was living, was uh, kind of slow. Things operated at a, at a slower pace there. Um, and, and it lacks uh, the diversity that uh, that I w was enjoying as I was traveling. And so when the opportunity presented itself to move to Miami, and not just for myself, but I moved the entire headquarters of the company. Uh, we're co-headquartered in Des Moines, Iowa, and now Miami, and we're in the process of leasing. Uh, hopefully today I'm signing the lease. On Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, For your new beautiful office? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful building in downtown Miami, uh, one Biscayne Tower. We have the entire penthouse, 38th floor, 25,000 yeah. feet. 20, sounds, sounds lovely. Yeah. Sounds lovely. And do you mostly work from home now uh, as you don't have an office? The, we're, the, fortunately, the office will be done very shortly, but uh, I have been operating out of, out of my home. Um, we've kind of taken it over. It's, uh, there are days where my wife wakes up and walks out and feels like she's walking into a into an office building. <laughs> we have you know so many people roaming around, but um, hopefully we'll have the office open shortly. Yeah, and like so, so this whole thing of coming back from China and uh, like reestablishing your uh, presence uh, in the Orange County, yeah. and then like making making the move uh, to to Miami, uh, like. Of course, like you are not the only one who did that move. And I think that throughout the, the pandemic, especially, a lot of people decided to ditch California and yeah. look for other places uh, uh, like Austin or, or Miami. Uh, and it seems like it also uh, made a lot of sense to you to make that move. Yeah, 100%. In my opinion, um, the political climate, the tax climate is completely out of control in California. Uh, it's, it's, and then with COVID, the lockdowns, it was complete insanity. So people that I think are a little bit more rational and, um, and, 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 and wanted to seek a better opportunity, uh, we relocated, like a lot of us, to, to Texas, to Florida. We're grateful we did. Uh, besides the, the, the political stuff and the tax stuff, I just happen to like the diversity of the lifestyle here. Mm -hmm. The food is, is more diverse, the people. I just, it's just a lot more interesting to me what culturally. Is the, what is the entrepreneurship uh, community here like? Uh, is it like 
the same vibe that it was in in California, or or there's something different about oh, it? Oh, it's significantly better. Orange County is is a bit of a desert. There are pockets of of uh, innovation and and cutting edge, but generally speaking, Orange County is not. Los Angeles, of course, is a lot better, and that's a, that is much more of a hotbed. Uh, but none of it compares, from what I've seen, to Miami. Miami is is really very vibrant. Um, we're finding workers that uh, we're bringing on from so many major tech companies that are already here in Miami that we're able to offer a better opportunity. That's awesome. And like, so let's chat a little bit about this whole new journey you are on, because in like a span of uh, not that many years, you have managed to establish a brand new business that is, uh, at least from my experience, uh, like pretty big already. Yeah. And, and, and growing, uh, how did the idea of uh, innovation refunds mm -hmm. come along? Because like, it's, a, it's a booming business right now. And you have sh showed me some of the crazy numbers. Uh, uh, but like, how, did it, how did it start? And I think like, looking at it from like, the entrepreneurial perspective, like, how do you validate that this is something that you want to pursue? And what was the process of like, figuring out where to start? Yeah. I mean, not, when you say it like that, it's, if I think about it in terms of like a business, it's a wonderful story of like a business plan about hearing about something, how you search it out, how you come up with a, uh, a plan. And, and um, so I'll fast forward a little bit on how I ended up in, in this place. But um, I, I started a real estate investment trust, which you know, with the chairman of CBRE. It was a fintech online platform, very successful. That's what led me to China. Yep. Ultimately brought me back to America uh, after COVID and into the office of a gentleman that owns an insurance wholesale brokerage company and showing me a number of checks from the U.S. Treasury that were on his desk that totaled up to about $400,000 that he was so excited to show me because normally he's writing checks to the government. The government isn't usually sending him checks, six, seven of them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so I said, what is this? I was very intrigued. <laughs> and he started to inform me about a program that is available called R&D or R&E, Research and Development yeah. or Research and Experimentation. And what I didn't know, and he informed me, is that he had a specialist come in and analyze his business. And what they found is that he was conducting a number of activities that qualified as part of the R&D tax credit program. Why? Because he was actually creating, he was researching and developing technology yep. that would be used for the insurance industry, which was part of what is covered under this. And that resulted in him being able to receive back a percentage of the wages and expenses. I was amazed. I didn't yeah. know anything about this. So I started to research. And I wanted to understand what was this law or this, this act um, how long I've been around, you know, I wanted to have a depth of understanding. Uh, at the end of that research, I ended up essentially acquiring a company that was doing this mm -hmm. uh, through the help of our mutual friends uh, uh, that founded Tinder, um, was able to analyze what would be required financially. And in the end, my conclusion was that there was a significant opportunity to help small and medium businesses to tap into valuable government programs that they just weren't 
either aware of or, or they were aware of it, but they didn't know uh, that their business would qualify. And if it did, how they would actually access this. Yeah. And like while exploring that, uh, like what was kind of the, the thinking that like where it would lead, like when you discovered, okay, there is, there is this opportunity, there is this act, like, did you expect that it, it could be a huge thing? Because like, you have yeah, how how long a, have we known each other? A, a, you have <laughs> above, you have above seven hundred people. Uh, is that right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that are over, somehow somehow involved. We have over seven hundred employees and full time contractors. That's a crazy number. Yeah, I know. And it's a, it's almost eight hundred. These are people that really work for us full time. Uh, it's a huge number. And and this time last year, that number was about twenty. Uh, so how? we've gone from 20 to, uh, I'm like, I'm only asking how, yeah. how do you get from 20 to, uh, more than 700 yeah. in a year? And then how do you do it in a way that generates, um, five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Glassdoor, all essentially perfect reviews. So that it, it, growing is one thing I've, 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 I've been involved in high growth companies, but to do it and maintain quality is is a different challenge that's 100 percent. and like so, so so what went what went into it like uh where is like because I, I know that you mentioned to me when you were sharing some of your big successes yeah that there is a whole lot of work behind it yeah so, so what's the what's the complexity uh level and do you see any like competitors that are trying to do the same that that you oh, are doing oh yeah in, in a like similar scale? Oh, uh, not the way we're doing it, but it, there are definitely competitors and there are competitors that are doing it the wrong way. In our world, that creates some real trouble because we deal with tax documents and filings with the IRS. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can wreak havoc for a business. And there's been warnings from the government about it, as there should be. Well, could so, turn into a bad thing, right, if you don't do it uh, properly. Oh, 100%. I mean, think when you're dealing with IRS, listen, when you're dealing with taxes and your health, okay? If you're if you're if you're so dumb to prescribe yourself medicine or to do your own taxes, I don't know what to say to you. You know, go find a good doctor and go find a good tax attorney and CPA because yeah, you you don't want to mess around. You need you need good advice when you're when you're dealing with this. So, uh, yeah, that that's 100%. And so what do you see uh is happening with with the competition? Like they're just approaching it uh, in a in a wrong way, or uh, what's the what's the competitive landscape to what you are doing? Yeah. Because like you have tremendous growth right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the competitors. There's numerous ways that you can you can follow this up. Um, you, you you're dealing with with. In our case, what we're doing is we are amending a business's payroll tax documents to claim a credit. Yeah, and so. If the analysis is wrong, it's a problem. If the math is wrong, it's a problem. If you don't take into consideration all of the offsets and all of the variables, it's a problem. So there's just doing shoddy work, just like any, what happens if you if you code poorly? Yeah. You, some of it you find out right away. Some of it you don't find out until much later. Yeah, until it scales and it breaks. And then it scales and then it breaks. So, um, 
There's a lot of ways to get it wrong, but frankly, in our case, we're growing so exponentially because businesses are realizing that we are doing it the right way. Our partner, the only investors that we have are a group of banks. It's an it's a it's a venture fund that's only investors are banks. Yeah, and so we do a, a lot of work for banks, helping their clients to access this credit. So we just frankly do it the way we go about it. Is is really um, we just do it the right way for our clients. And do you feel that the pandemic helped you in any way? Uh, because like you started exploring the idea shortly before. Yeah. Um, and then it hit, and I assume that uh, businesses had to look for potential savings and yeah. opportunities and so on. Uh, so from my perspective, they were likely a lot more inclined to explore uh, what else they could get. Yeah, that that is true. And, and I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about what advice I would give a, a business owner, right? And there's and there's a, and a, there's a couple. Uh, a piece of advice. One of them is that whenever there's a lot of disruption, there's going to be an equal amount of opportunity. Disruption equals opportunity. So some people look at things like a pandemic and they look at it of, of, of the limitations or the problems, the challenges. I knew that it would create opportunity everywhere. So one is when things are shifting, shifting sands create opportunity. Right. As, a sh as the sands shift, right? Sand that's on the bottom suddenly is on the top. Sand that's on the top suddenly on the bottom. Big change. That, that's 100% right. And that's like what I think uh, happened throughout the pandemic as well as I think it's happening now a little bit with like, you know, uh, where the stock market is and where the uh, crypto uh, market is. It's happening right now. And like, I can't predict the future. Yeah, but you are 100 right when you're saying, okay, like we should not really be stressing out about that because, like, it creates a lot of opportunities. Maybe we don't see them today, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll realize them in a couple months, in half a year. And it's always yeah. like, uh, of course, like not not every company, not every startup will survive everything. I think that like that's 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 just how it is. Yeah, but, it's true. Uh, but I I would also say. My, my other piece of advice would be to focus on businesses that actually produce something and make money and actually produce something. So, so we're talking, for instance, about NFTs. I, I'm personally, I, I have, I've not been a big crypto NFT person. And as a lot of my friends got involved and I yeah. watched a lot of them lose a lot and a lot of them made a lot. So there's no judgment. I mean, yeah. I've got friends who made a fortune and, and also got out. But you're telling me how you're creating, uh, uh, you're getting involved in NFT and creating something to serve the NFT market. So that's a real product serving. And, and it's and anything where you're going to, if you're creating something real, It doesn't matter whether it's, it, it, is there an opportunity in NFT? Well, sure, if you're creating something like you are, there's an opportunity. Would I want to go out and invest in, in a bunch of NFTs? Probably not, you know? Does that mean there's no opportunities? Of yeah, course it doesn't mean that. There's opportunities right. everywhere if you know what you're doing. And there is, a, there is a, like a big aspect of either like speculation or like leveraging the technology and building a product on top of that, right? 100%. And, and there'll always be opportunities if you're smart enough and your your product's good. Yeah, that and to me, these are like two entirely different angles how to look at it. And like if you yes. want to speculate, well, it's a gamble. It doesn't matter whether you speculate on the stock market on right. or with crypto or with NFTs or, or anything or, else. Or art. A casino. Yeah, or casino or anything. Whatever. That's But, right. On. Uh, if you are building a, a product, if you are 
providing additional value, it's a different game. And that's, in my opinion, where people should focus. Like that's really put your energy, because at the end of the day, if you're not creating, so that's, that's the value follows creation. And I think some people are just like wired differently than, uh, you know, than like building uh, products and like uh, building up the value. But uh, no, I think it's a, it's a great perspective. Uh, what I would like to uh, ask you about when in, uh, we're talking about innovation refunds uh, and this whole process, uh, I would love to know what... Uh, is the impact of technology on like basically making all of that happen? Like, like uh, where, where do you like? Because I uh, assume that uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved with uh, making mm -hmm. all of that work, and I would love to understand how you are tapping into uh, seeking some optimizations and sure. making sure that like uh, you leverage uh, what's what's out there in terms of like the latest and greatest pieces of tech to make things easier. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I give you an example. In order to determine whether or not a business it qualifies to receive the payroll tax refund, we have to go through about 50 documents per business. So a lot, a lot of documents. It's a lot of documents. Yeah. This is how you know we're doing it the right way. Is there's a lot of documents that are needed in order to do this. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 if someone owns a business and they got a PPP loan, for instance, they were familiar with having to upload things like uh, 941 documents and, uh, and P&Ls and this and that. And so one way is for the business owner to uh, assemble all these documents and upload it. And that's a, a cumbersome process. So we have it now. We have it set up where you can log into your bank, into your uh, accounting system. You can log into your payroll provider, and we can cut that down to seconds by simply giving us access. We're able to then pull it, the data that we want. We're able to get it into the format that we need, and we're able to uh, it save an enormous amount of time and energy. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that there is about 50 documents, means that uh, you have to do some heavy lifting to actually make this whole thing work. Yes, however, it, that entire process, if doing it the, the conventional way, if you will, it still takes about an hour yeah. and the reward is more than worth it. But this technology, well, that's great, but if you can log in and allow us to connect using the API and we can cut that down to seconds, that's what we want. Yeah. You have always been very creative when it comes to figuring out new ways how to do things and even like with the previous businesses and everything. Uh, so I, I see a lot of similarities that you are applying to something that, you know, was there, people were able to leverage it, but yeah. they were not doing it because yeah. it was just like not clear to them, not easily accessible, but you are taking something that is out there and you are getting yeah. people exposed to it. Yeah, I have another example. And we've seen this before where you go onto a site, obviously could be a large company, of course, and you start and you type in your company name and it starts to bring up the companies. Yeah. Uh, and and the, how deep does that go? Well, we have that down for every business in America now. So when you type in, we're able to compare that against the database. We know if your LLC or your C-Corp is active or not. We know where it is. And we're able to immediately reference into that and start immediately immediately accessing that as the person is typing, which you're well aware of, yeah. most businesses uh, that are doing this don't have that technology and have not integrated it. No, I think it's a huge competitive edge when you can actually 
be removing the obstacles and like from those like 50 documents right if you can nail it down to okay we connect to these like three providers and suddenly there's only a handful of documents that you need to fill on top of yep Be because like yep uh, for myself as like a business owner like if you want uh, 50 documents from me like even with the support of my team uh, it's gonna take a while to 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 put it all together. Yeah, yeah. The average refund that we're getting for businesses is uh, four hundred thousand dollars, three hundred seventy-five thousand to four hundred thousand. Well, so there's there's plenty of motivation. The well, good news is that's a lot of that's a lot of money for most businesses that they're willing to. But it it it's yeah it it it's under an hour to sit down and even even doing it the slow way it still is well worth it. Uh, well when, worth it when you look at the amounts. Uh, but we like technology. Yeah. Hundred percent. And what what are like the uh, like the types of businesses that can leverage this the most? Like, where do you tap into to your clients? What's the kind of meat of uh, of the client base? Yep. So th the opportunity it doesn't really matter the type of business. What matters is the number of employees they have, uh, and so it it could even be a nonprofit and a charity. Mm -hmm. It could be a construction company. It could be a software company. It could be a bank. It could be any variety of service professional type of businesses. And we do work for all of them in, in very large numbers. Um, if the business has more than four employees, then it's it, then they potentially can and under 500 you have to have under 500 and more than four and then we can determine if if the circumstance of what yeah. happened during covid qualifies your business and is it only what happened during covid uh, backwards or it's something that already like also like applies to the future years too so the specific program that we're tapping into right now is a covid program that has already ended uh -huh. The program is terminated. Yeah. We have a period where we can go and claw that money back. You were owed it in the past. You didn't claim it. We have a window to go back into time. I see. And uh, for how long is the is the window? Is, the, is, it, is it closing at some point? Yeah. Essentially, next year, it begins its closing. It be, next year is when it begins closing. It, it 2024, it fully closes. So the good news is we still have... Uh, next year to be uh -huh. able to claim but 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 it starts reducing as early as the end of the second quarter of next year we start losing access to some of the funds so it is it really it it, it would behoove a business to look into this do you feel that it's like this whole program uh, of like the i don't know if it's a COVID relief or something like that uh, is doing what it's supposed to uh, in terms of helping the businesses or it was really meant to be working differently? Yeah, it's a really great question. And I can tell you with, with tremendous confidence, it is working exactly as it was intended and as is appropriate. And, I, and I'll tell you what I base this on. We speak to businesses every day who tell us the stories. They share with us how they're using these funds. Yeah, And these stories are heartwarming, and in, in some cases, they literally are a lifeline. In other cases, they... So I can tell you about one where um, the company is in, in the adult daycare business, mm -hmm. um, elderly. Yeah. And pandemic hit hard. Uh, this money came. It was in the millions of dollars. The owner of the company distributed it to his caregivers. Wow. Who called him and said, how? You overpaid me. 
I mean, I get so choked up, even just like to tell him the story. And he said, no, I didn't overpay you. I mean, like, imagine, like, it was a lot of money, yeah. you know, for yeah. distributed out. I hear these stories. I hear about money, buying equipment, hiring people, paying off debt, expanding, um, lately more and more keeping the lights on. So the money was intended to help businesses to stay, to stay afloat and to expand and to reward them for not putting more people on the unemployment line yeah. Yeah. and creating a further burden to society. So I, I see that it did it and I see that even today, even post pandemic, it's still providing benefits to businesses. And uh, do you feel that there's gonna be other opportunities that you will later on be able to tap into uh, when this window closes uh, for the business that you are in? Yeah, I, I don't hope that there will be. I know that there are. Yeah. And we're in the process of doing that now. So a good example would be the government takes time to pay you. So by the time from when we submit the claim to the time you get paid can easily be six months, nine months. Sometimes you get lucky and it happens as short as three, but oftentimes it's a little bit more. So we're now providing solutions for the business owner to access those funds immediately. Mm -hmm. We have institutional partners that will buy the credit, essentially pay now. And then they'll wait it out or, or provide a loan. Is it, an that, example. is it that when it gets approved, then it's just a matter of waiting? Uh, is, that, is that like nearly guaranteed so you can actually finance it externally? Presuming that the quality of the tax work holds up. So in our case, the institutions that we're dealing with that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars have taken a lot of time to study us. Yeah, yeah. They're very comfortable. And so when we do the work, yes, they will buy it on the spot. Mm -hmm. Very confident that the work is good. Yeah, but uh, I, I totally see it that like, because you have a track record, right? Although, yeah. although it's been only a couple of years uh, as, as like, you know, this, this grew very exponentially. Yeah. But there's yeah. already a track record. Yeah, track record and the process. So we only use tax attorneys to actually file each and every claim. So when we do these, there's an enormous amount of time. An actual licensed attorney is looking at 50 documents, whether they whether they receive those documents. Well, they, re they receive them all electronically. We, we clean it and condense it for them, whether we do it through an API and it's nice and tidy or we have to do it manually. Yeah. But the tax attorney receives from us a very clean file. But everything is decided by a tax attorney who signs his or her name and their license and their yeah. insurance. But you are you are doing the hard work to make it easy for them to make a clear decision and then have like a okay here is the documentation for it and so on. Correct. We yeah. make it we streamline it for the tax attorneys to be able to handle the cases and we streamline it for the business owner. They don't have to worry about any of that stuff. We do all the work. Once they hire us, we take care of everything. The attorney ultimately signs it taking the responsibility for that, sending it in, and then we monitor that uh, all the way through the process until it's paid. Knowing you for quite a while now uh, and seeing you how you managed uh, many businesses, uh, even starting with, you know, uh, I think uh, the oldest business of yours that I uh, managed to visit, uh, Howie's Game Shack back, yep. in, the, back in the days. Uh, it was it was amazing, and I think like you were <laughs> part of uh, uh, something uh, very early on 
and of course, like the the the, the situation around that evolved. Uh, yeah, ten years before the term esports, we had two thousand computers all networked together for competitive play. This is back, you know, before before uh, uh, any of the modern game, Fortnite. I mean, I wasn't even known or heard of Fortnite or League of Legends or no, no one ever heard of these things. We were in Battlefield. And this was <laughs> this is ancient stuff. And then we, of course, changed over time and we're huge and league and yeah and like it's 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 very interesting for me to see that like you are really able to tap into opportunities across the board right it's like yeah gaming esports uh doing it for real for estate. quite a while real estate now renewable energy uh, yeah. i was in renewable energy for a while they were all all my businesses end up getting acquired that's that's my pattern is i start a company it goes well i either end up my average seems to be maybe seven, eight years. I like to, I like to, I enjoy them. Yeah, I I, I'm not looking to get rid of it. I'm enjoying it too much. And then somebody typically comes along and, 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 and they, it's not, I don't ever, I don't sell it for the money. I do it because the business has the opportunity to thrive in a bigger organization. Um, my first company was 30 years ago, a real estate company acquired by Newmark, still prospering wow three decades later that's impressive many of my original partners are still there three decades later that's crazy yeah i have no idea how i mean it's crazy that's crazy to me to be somewhere for three decades i mean i can't even imagine that but i have uh quite quite recently celebrated a, a decade uh with strv and for me it was a big moment too i took a two-month sabbatical uh, to be able to recalibrate everything and uh uh i have to say that when you look back and uh, you see yourself doing something for 10 years yeah. or 30 years, right? And like you have these like big milestones that, that you have accomplished. I think that it's like uh, very heartwarming to see, okay, there's something uh, behind me. Yeah. And, you know, and I was thinking about this too. I, I can call any of my previous partners. I don't know that I want to call all of them. Yeah. I could. Um, but, but. I, I I have people that I do business with like you. I mean, we've we've worked on multiple projects together. I've referred you to to multiple projects to friends of mine. Hundred percent. And th and that's really the key is 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 establishing a plus relationships that nurture over time because we can't meet enough new. They call stranger danger. Yeah, stranger danger. I have no idea if you can do what you say you can do. <laughs> but, but if you have the experience of working with somebody, right, then like yeah. you either enjoy it and you you stay in the relationship or you don't and then you want to venture out. Yeah. I, I, one thing yeah. that I'm like very inspired by uh, seeing you handle those businesses on like a lot of different fronts and now especially with innovation refunds, which I feel when it comes to growth, at least uh, in terms of the, the people. Uh, I'm not sure if you have experienced something like that in the past. No, no not from 20 to <laughs> almost 800 in yeah. a year. That, no. that to me is insane. And I wanted to ask you, how do you approach the leadership to make sure that like you mentioned Glassdoor ratings, you mentioned uh, the trust pilot, right? Very important uh, uh, pieces, but it's not, it's not easy to make sure that like, yes, that the culture in the company is great and that like people actually uh, trust your company from the outside. Like what are some of the 
leadership principles that you follow and that you have kind of learned over over the many years uh, to be able to sustain such mm-hmm. a growth and like even like when i hear uh, you know from your colleagues it seems like the company is structured extremely well yeah how yeah thank you the we have a motto in the company called fire fire fun integrity relentlessness and excellence fun integrity relentlessness and excellence and i hire it it's one of my superpowers and and it's a superpower of my executives is that we hire other amazing executives that genuinely have a passion for what we have a passion for and that is fire yeah we enjoy what we do we have fun integrity means everything to us if i don't trust you if i can't trust you i mean it 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 ha- trust and integrity have to be 100% it has to be uh, if not you don't belong because we 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 can't have it um relentlessness we we just don't stop and 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 everybody has to have this and excellence there's only one way to do it and that's the right way we don't shortcut we're not looking to save money we're looking to, we're always looking to save money but we're looking to do things the right way and we're not looking to shave for the point of saving money we're looking for the point of ensuring that we're constantly delivering excellence so in going out of my way to have partners that really share those values it's and i'm i'm going to tell you a story so we're our Our headquarters, our co-headquarters in Des Moines. It's a July day, August day, summer. It starts to hail, hail, hail the size of large golf balls, and I'm talking a lot of them. Imagine what it looks like in the middle of summer. You're seeing thousands of these things come out of the sky. Do you know what it does to cars? Yeah. It looks like an egg and like an egg carton, literally. Trashed. So I look out and I'm watching as hundreds of cars are being destroyed and people are crying. People are crying. They like, you know, I can hear the comments about uh, how am I going to afford this, right? And anyway, this is how you have how you create the kind of culture and to create the stories. And anyway, I was out there with our CFO and I said I said 100 grand. And he goes, "What what's 100 grand?" I said, "What the hell just cost us?" And he goes, "Why is that?" I said, "Because we're going to cover everybody's cars." And I was off by a little bit, but um and we did. We took care of everybody's deductible. Mhm. If you care about your people, why did I do it? Because I really felt that there were people that this was really a meaningful setback for them financially. You know that that fixing that it was either going to be fixing the car or not fixing the car. And in the midst of all of the other price increases we're seeing, it was I don't have the money to fix the car. Yeah, but I need the car because I take my kids, so it's not an optional thing. So if you care about your people and you're willing to put your company profits first. then people will genuinely over time they will know that these aren't stunts <laughs> these right, are right. examples of how you care about your people and uh, they will treat you accordingly it's definitely examples of the leadership principles right and if you can like uh emphasize loyalty more and like have people feel okay i'm part of something i'm like they don't just work for you yeah. but they work with you right and uh that 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 that's the way that's the way how i see it and of course like i i uh i remember that that story from uh when when it happened and i think it's a it's a great uh showcase of how it can be approached and like uh how you can actually do something that uh of course like it's not it's not um like possible for everyone to do it every time but you have to pick uh your battles right and like 
if you are in a position that you can do something like that, then I think it yeah. can go a long way. Yeah, and it's and I'll give you another one. It's a small one, but it's not. Feed people. I know it sounds basic. Feed people twice a week. We feed everybody in the company. Huh? We feed a bunch. We try to buy a bunch. It's it's a it's a gesture because we care about our people. And so if if you I, that's I guess would answer the question of of my my core leadership belief is you treat people you humanize them because you treat them like you treat them like what they are which is a human <laughs> you yeah. humanize them and you just treat them like a human treat them like a real person care about them um, we have huge goals we hold people accountable we fire people we have um, requirements to you know I mean we're, we're running a business it isn't a charity we're running a business and 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 and, that, and we're not apologetic that's we, we're very much embracing this is a real business and we want high performers and in return if something we have um, we even have a quiet safety net mm-hmm if things happen to people in our circle, we're just there. We yeah. we help. Yeah, yeah. But we show I, up. And like when you mentioned, like with the with the meals, I think that we approach it very similarly. That uh, you know, you don't have to do a full on catering uh, two three times a day uh, right away, right? But like doing something, uh, like even a little bit, well, people will appreciate it, and, and they'll notice. Yeah. So and like of course like there is there is tough times there is like bright times and you can also course correct but like uh, approaching it from this like human angle mm. I think uh, is is very important and like I'm I'm happy that uh, you mentioned the the fire uh, approach is that something that you have been following with the previous businesses as well or it was uh, it shaped up uh, only with uh, innovation refunds. All of this has been a training ground, but this has been a unique process uh, to uh, this company. Yeah. It was actually we hired a, a wonderful meeting facilitator yeah. who wrote down what we were saying, and he, I think he was the one who pieced those words. He pieced that together from the totality of what we were saying about ourselves. Um, but all of this has been learned over a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Hundred percent, and like I, I feel like when you are starting a new business, you don't want to have like the same leadership principles every time, right? But you pick the best from what, what what you know, and then you apply it to the kind of business that you are building at the time, right? So I think it also makes sense that like it's not you would be following the same formula over and over again, but like uh, you take time to yeah. dial it exactly to yeah. what you need. We we ended up because. Due to relationships, uh, due to one of my founding partners, he was based, he is based in Des Moines, Iowa. You been to Des Moines, Iowa? No, not really. You're going to go, you know that. Ah, I'm okay. bringing you to Des Moines. Everybody, we will go. Des Moines is a wonderful place. It's like, it's a special little city because it, it's, it's, a, it's not a transient city. People don't really come and go from, yeah. they're just from. And they stay pretty, you know, pretty much. But it's a wonderful, wonderful, quaint yet uh, yet st- strong workforce. There's a lot of financial back office there in in Des Moines, so it's a, it's a it's an educated workforce. We have wonderful people that we pull from, but it's but it's it's a unique Midwest town. Yeah, I think we've been very fortunate to have an office there. No, it, it is super interesting, and I feel like uh, it will be quite hard to replicated elsewhere right well i will say this we have opened up 
um, satellite offices in both Tampa and Phoenix. And I will tell you, I have been very, very impressed by what I've seen in terms of the results from our satellite offices. So um, I, I would say America is filled with wonderful people. It just needs wonderful companies to find them and to tell them how wonderful they are and support them. Do you feel that like the, the intense growth that you have experienced over the past year is going to continue? Uh, or like if you could guess how many people are going to have next year at this time, what do you, what do you think it's going to be like? Because uh, like you might reach a thousand people mark with, and that's whole another beast. That I, point. Think, I think we'll reach the 1500 people mark. Um, and, 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 Yeah, I think that, and, and, and as for sustainability, uh, the, the real asset that we're acquiring are relationships with small and medium businesses where we've done a great job and they've recognized that. So the largest asset, we don't give up. We've only just begun. So I, I am not concerned about uh, the next run of products and services. That will keep our people busy. The feeling that I get from you is that like, you know, there's a lot of joy as well on the journey that like, of course, like what you are doing is, uh, is hard work. Uh, you put a lot of effort into it, but uh, well, you, keep yeah. you keep smiling. Well, like, that's all it is. It, yeah. it, is, it is only a journey. There is no destination yeah. there, because whenever you reach the destination, it's only somewhere else to go anyway, which only proves there is nowhere to go. It's all just about the journey. So it's, it's all that matters is people, no asshole rule. If someone's an asshole, don't work with them. You know, if you don't like someone, they're a dick. Don't work with them. Right. It's right. no benefit to it. It's, it's no toxic relationships, no toxicity. You just kind of avoid people that create trouble. Is there something that you would like to see in the next couple of years to uh, happen in the tech and entrepreneurship space? Uh, some like uh, pointers that you have in terms of like what uh, you know the future could yep. bring? I, I, think, I think the next few years are going to be challenging. I think raising capital, dealing with... Uh, Um, the, the capital primarily, uh, but I just think it's going to be there's going to the, the shakeout is going to continue. I think um, fundamentals focus on fundamentals. If if a product is good, if an opportunity is good, then there'll always be capital. There'll always be an opportunity, but it will be harder. I believe. I think there'll be a lot less frothiness out there. Um, kind of that easy flowing money and, and easy opportunity stuff, I think, will be harder to, to come by. So uh, that creates discipline. That weeds out projects and, and, and groups that aren't able to add extreme value. Uh, I would say um, uh, simplifying, tech in general, simplifying the lives and continuing to make things faster, like, like in our company, to be able to integrate technologies and, and to have it save people time. Technology, as long as it is a time saver and not more of a, a challenge, for, especially for businesses, I think that that's going to be um, sought after. Yeah, 100%. And in general, have fun. Yeah, we want to have fun. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to thank you so much for uh, hosting me in your beautiful house and in your uh, uh, nice uh, 
movie theater, a uh, little movie theater where you, you can you can watch your movies. So yes, it was wonderful. It was uh, designed by an expert in opera. Yeah, he, right. he did an opera house in in Miami and others. So he, he, the acoustics are really wonderful. We're not echoing. Yeah. It's really quite wonderful. Um, and we heard uh, your uh, wonderful dogs barking. So I think it's time to call it a day. All right. Uh, but yeah, it was great uh, chatting with thank you. you. It's always pleasure. And you know, uh, thank you so much. And uh, just like looking forward to what the future uh, uh, has to offer for us. Yes. Mutual. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please follow us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And we'll be thankful if you leave us a review. That's it for now. Till next time on the Next Level Show.